We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Geico presents Yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. You are listening to the Tuesday, September 12th edition of Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Pat Corain on Twitter, at Pat Corain, and I'm flying solo for right now, but in just a few minutes, I'll have my brother Mike on uh, for a segment here, and then the main guest this week will be George Kritikos of PFF Fantasy. We're going to be talking about week one and looking ahead at week two, um, but yeah, so in just a few minutes, I'm going to have on my brother Mike. We're going to be running through some prop bets that we made back on July 31st uh, when we recorded an episode uh, so just after training camp opened, uh, we made some prop bets with the stakes being that the loser was going to have to sit next to our Uncle Clem at Thanksgiving. When I recorded with Mike uh, for this segment coming up, we weren't sure exactly when we'd made the bets, but it was just after training camp opened, and I think you can tell by, you know, we weren't sure who the Brown starter was going to be. We were worried about Carlos's hide roll, uh, et cetera. So that should be a lot of fun. And then uh, we're going to be getting into the week one action with George as well. Uh, so stick around for that. Um, I do want to remind you that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the Rotoviz NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, your subscription is going to give you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, uh, of which there's still a ton of great stuff at Rotoviz throughout the season. 
Uh, and that also helps support the podcast. If you also want to support the podcast by rating us on iTunes, that is tremendously helpful. Uh, and you can always contact us uh, at roadofhisradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at roadofhisradio. Uh, but let's get into the first segment here, uh, the prop bet breakdown with Mike Corain on Twitter at Mike Corain after this quick break. All right, I'm now joined by my brother, Mike Corain. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Corain. Mike, it's good to have you back on the show, uh, and I think you know we can finally figure out who's going to have to sit next to Uncle Clement Thanksgiving this year because we had the, the prop bets that we set up a few weeks ago, and uh, those have all come to fruition now uh, that we're, we're done with week one. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a little, I have my guard up because I didn't, I forgot, honestly, like what these bets were. And so today, knowing that most of them would have been paid off, I texted you to be like, who won? And you were like, why don't you come on the show and we'll break it down, which I feel like means that you won. I don't know that you would have handled it that way had I won. So I'm a little nervous. I haven't looked at them. So yeah, I'm excited to get into it. So should be good. All right. Awesome. Yeah. No, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, okay. So We'll just go down the list here, and um, uh, starting with the the first prop bet here, I'm going to change the order up slightly uh, oh, from when See? we first did them for dramatic effects. Oh, no, <laughs> I do not like this one bit. <laughs> All right, so starting with the first prop, the week one starting quarterback for the Browns, I said Deshaun Kaiser, you had anyone but Kaiser, uh, really... Really hanging some onions there for old PK. No. Oh, I, I take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one. So remind the listeners and me, uh, if you don't mind, when did we actually do this? The first show where we made these bets. Do you remember like what the date was? That's a great question. That probably should have <laughs> something I should have looked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be good. I mean, it's because it's just funny how the NFL like preseason and off season works where. You know, at the time, like that would have seemed like a reasonable bet, I'm assuming, since I made it. But I mean, for the last like 10 days at least, probably more like two to three weeks, it was very obvious that Kaiser was going to start. So bad, bad bet by me. Off to a bad start. I think you can see that this is this is pretty early on in training camp by some of the other bets that we made, um, specifically on Carlos Hyde. Let's just do that one now, actually. Uh, (laughs) We had the 49ers week one touches. Uh, leader at running back I had Carlos Hyde and you had the field so I take that one as well Uh, obviously you can see there that we were kind of talking about the uncertainty there with Carlos Hyde and that right significantly later on exactly yeah I mean I think this must have been before at least before the second preseason game uh, Mm -hmm. second or third because it was very clear that they were using Hyde as a workhorse like pretty early on in the preseason but I think this was probably in the heart of you know, he might get cut, he might get traded. And therefore I was kind of just like, and other people were saying, you know, guys like Joe Williams, who's literally not going to play this year. We're going to take his job. So I was just kind of trying to cover all my, all my bases, you know, or he gets hurt in the game, but obviously uh, none of those came to pass. So you're up 2-0. Up 2-0. But then we've got the week one starting quarterback for the Texans and you had Tom Savage. I had Watson. So, 
you get that one. Although I feel like it's kind of a cheap victory for you, given that Watson, uh, you know, was brought into the game. No, so if you quickly. recall, I urge anyone to go back and listen to our conversation about it. I predicted exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> I said Savage was going to start. I mean, this was I purely just based it on what happened last year. But right. I was like, you know, Savage is going to start. Bill O'Brien's going to go with the guy who played in his office last year, and then he's going to have an incredibly short leash, and he'll put in Watson for the second half. Well, you nailed that. So, one. yeah. Um, Nailed it. The next one here, the week one starting quarterback for the Broncos. You took Paxton Lynch, and I took Trevor Simeon. Uh, (laughs) Was there really a need to structure this for dramatic effect, or did you just beat the shit out of me? (laughs) (laughs) This is not going great. I'm up 3-1 here. Up 3-1. Okay. Um, All right, so then this was a good one for you. Uh, I remember at the time feeling like I, I didn't take any uh, – I, I was giving value on this one. Either Joe Flacco or Andrew Luck would miss week one. Uh, I had to yeah. get both of them starting. Flacco obviously did, but Andrew Luck not only going to miss this week, I think he's officially out for next week as well. So He is, yeah. yeah. And uh, to be honest, I was mildly surprised that Flacco suited up for week one. I mean, within a couple, like a couple days before the game, it was clear that he would, but I definitely thought there was a – solid chance that neither of them would play so uh yeah like to your point i got i like the value that i got there yeah uh, coming back coming back three two um all right and then we got ty montgomery week one touches yes. you took montgomery i had my the boy field. that one was not close you crushed <laughs> me there yeah yeah i think he um i could be wrong about this but uh, he was either first or second in running back snaps this week didn't he have like 98 in the league or 95 percent of the snaps or something something like that yeah Yeah. i mean he and the and the few snaps he did not play he came off the field he rolled his ankle okay so yeah he was like a pure workhorse so good one by me that's a big one all right so that's tied up three three um (laughs) so then do not trust you for setting this up (laughs) for me for me to get my heart into it, and then you're gonna crush it. I just know it. <laughs> All right, so now we have more touches. Uh, Joe no. Mixon versus uh, Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard combined. Ugh. So you had you had Joe Mixon, and Gross. I had the field. Um, so that one, yeah, it wasn't that close. It wasn't like heavily tilted in Mixon's favor or against Mixon, I should say, because Mixon had uh, I think two catches in addition to eight. Uh, eight rushes so um so he was 10 what were the other two guys he was 11 actually he had eight rushes and three receptions and then geo had one reception jeremy hill had one reception um and then they had 13 combined rushes so it was, it was 15 okay to so it's 15 to 11 all right that's not as close as i would have thought um i didn't watch pretty much any of that game which i'm uh, a decision i'm very happy with so but just from kind of following the game later it seemed like it was a pure committee and uh mixon was you know not breaking out so right all right so that's uh so i'm now up uh four three and so we got yeah, another one here that's right this one as we're how many this- so how many do we have left so we've done seven how many did we do we total six left okay yeah. all right okay <laughs> So I'm up four three with six to go, and this next one here, week one touches, uh, Mark Ingram versus Adrian Peterson. This one was oh, close, God. but it was actually Mark Ingram. well, yeah. Ingram did not play much. It was Kamara, mm-hmm. uh, 
I think P- I saw after the game, Peterson had nine snaps. Played in nine snaps. He rushed six times, so. and so did Ingram, though. The, the difference was, I guess it wasn't that close, because Ingram then had five receptions. But that's that's where the difference came in. As rushers, they were actually tied. Right. This was, you know, just like a big narrative streak called by me, uh, which, you know, everyone was playing into on the broadcast. I don't know if you saw, but there was a shot of Peterson yelling at Sean Payton on the sideline. Where I he, saw that. Yeah, the Saints had the ball, or, yeah, the Saints had the ball on the, I think, first and goal from, like, the seven, and he just didn't get in and uh, was not too pleased about it. So, <laughs> and neither was I, because now I'm down, what, 5-3? Five, 5-3. Three? Five, three. Um, like, what, what do you make Alvin Kamara there? He he actually had the uh, the most snaps, or not? I think I think he did have the most snaps, but he also had the most touches. Uh, he had seven rushes uh, compared with six for the other two, and he had four receptions compared with uh, five for Ingram. Yeah, I think I mean it's tough to say just based on one game. I to me it strikes me as uh, kind of game script dependent, like or as a result of game script. I mean the Vikings pretty much by the end of the first half were in control, you know, up at least one. And um, at one, at one point they were up three scores. So I think, you know, given that Kamara is like their natural receiving back um, and that it, you know, seems like he's going to be playing kind of the Sproles Reggie Bush role. It makes sense to me that he was involved the most of the running backs. Um, So I think, you know, I probably will be the same next week when they play the Patriots um, because the saints uh, defense looked God awful. So, Uh, you know, I would guess they'll be down in that game. But when they play a team, you know, if they're at home and they have a lead, you know, I think it'll be shift more towards Ingram and Peterson. But, I mean, honestly, it seems like Peterson of the three is the one you'd want the least. Uh, obviously, that's a, kind of an overreaction to one game. But at the same time, it's like week one, he's playing his former team in Minnesota. If, if he was going to get you know heavy involvement, this would be the game. And he had, as I said, nine snaps, so. Yeah. Um just one so, target we'll see. not going to be used in the passing game. Yeah, and that that target was, you know, people could look at that and say he got a red zone target. That was Drew Brees literally just threw the ball away. Uh they did kind of like a play action bootleg and everyone was covered and Drew Brees was just trying not to get sacked, so he threw it at Peterson's feet, but that, you know, yeah. there, at no point was that a legitimate chance of him catching a touchdown. So, yeah. Not looking good for old Adrian. Nope. Um, but one guy that things are looking good for after week one is Terrell Pryor. Uh, the next one here was Ooh, good transition in Washington. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> and good at this. you had uh Terrell Pryor. I took Jameson Crowder. Uh, Pryor obviously had a much bigger game. It was closer than you would think given that, uh, Pryor had 11 targets and, uh, Crowder had seven. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, you could see the way they were using Pryor. I was watching with Pete Overzet, uh, and we were just both like, you know, it's going to be exactly the way that, that he was used in uh, in Cleveland. He's going to be getting the deep yeah. downfield yeah. stuff. You know, yep. Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards are, I'm I'm sure, going to show that he, you know, was, was getting a ton of opportunity in that metric, just given how long some of the passes were uh, that fell incomplete. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's in for a big role. For sure, and I think he and Crowder are a great pairing um, because, you know, Crowder can shred people in that kind of short to intermediate stuff, uh, and Pryor can take the top off. So uh, not a great showing from the Redskins in week one, but I think their offense is pretty interesting for the rest of the season. Yep, me too. 
Um, so, all right, so that's 5-4. Uh, now we've got week one, Blake Bortles interceptions versus Seth DeValve targets. <laughs> wow, and I had Seth DeValve targets, right? You had Seth DeValve targets, so I can't believe yes. that uh, that one was an easy <laughs> win for you. Bortles really let me down uh, by not uh, throwing a single interception. That's amazing. Are you, let me ask you, are you following Blake Bortles facts on Twitter? <laughs> no, I'm not. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Enlighten us. Okay. Anyone who's listening to this, including you, Pat, needs to follow Blake Bortles' facts immediately. It's maybe the best account on Twitter. Uh, you know, stuff like Tom Brady and Blake Bortles have combined for five Super Bowls and three MVPs, you know, da-da-da. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or like, you know, it'll be like, Blake Bortles only needs 5,800 passing yards to pass in this game to pass Peyton Manning for the all-time lead. Uh, so it's a lot of very well done versions of that. I highly recommend it. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So we are now tied five to five and how many left one or two? There's three left. Okay. So <laughs> it's the next one here. Matt Forte versus Bilal Powell. Um, I assume that means touches. We, that's all I that guess I have so. in here. Did I take Matt yeah. Forte? You took Matt Forte. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Why would I do that? I I don't know. Oh God! But you did. So Thanksgiving is going to suck. <laughs> All right. So now we are down to what two were the, left. By the way, what was the total touch count for them? Um, you know what? I, I mean, I know Pal had more, him. but okay. I know he had more. I was just curious what the exact split was. Yeah, I think snaps wise, uh. They were pretty even, if, and I think Forte might have actually outsnapped him. But let's see. Powell had seven rushes, Forte had six, and then Powell had five receptions to so Forte's three. So Okay. That's fairly close. Yeah, fairly close. Um, all right. This next one, you're down one, so you need this. You, you need this. Right. Something tells me I'm going to get it since you structured it this way. <laughs> Go on. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know because this one is Antonio Brown. That. Okay. Antonio Brown's oh, week oh, one celebration pumps. pumps. Oh, you had man. over 2.5 pumps, and I have under 2.5 pumps. Yikes. So I, I have no idea how many pumps he had because, you know, I have better things to do than count his pumps. <laughs> hey, easy. <laughs> how dare you denigrate the pump tracking industry? I, You know, that may be – I feel like the amount of, like, amazing fantasy tools and analysis that have blossomed over the last, you know, four or five years is really incredible, but – Tracking pumps is a yet untapped uh, niche. So anyone listening, chart those big pumps. opportunity out there. Yeah, and then let us know who won because we don't. Know. We don't know. Do we? I mean, so okay. this, so this one, you need you need to be over two point five pumps. Okay. To tie it up here, which right. I don't and, know if you were. Okay, but I, it doesn't matter because I lost. Go on. Well, well. So this is so this is a little bit of a controversial one, which is why I saved it for last. Oh, game suspended for Ezekiel Elliott. I had uh, over one and a half. You had under one and a half. Now I think I won this one, but you could you could argue that it's, if I think it's Elliot still doesn't up in serve the air. any. Okay, so see, I would argue that we said games suspended, not games served in a suspension for 2017. Please, please. I'm going to file an injunction against you in court to <laughs> to stay my loss, and I'm not sitting next to Uncle Clem Thanksgiving this year. Maybe next year. <laughs> we'll leave it up to the courts, but I will have my day, sir. I will have my day in court. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, the first thing that you need to do if you want to try to stay this is okay. you got to go count the pumps. Find the pumps. Oh, God. All right. 
Because <laughs> if he didn't pump three times or more, then it doesn't matter with the Elliott suspension. That's true. I need to submit official pump documentation <laughs> to the court in order and, and, to gain my temporary restraining order. Yes. Uh, and I, okay. you've, got a, you've got to screen grab the pumps, preferably in gift form, <laughs> so that I can verify the pumps. <laughs> the pump must be verified. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll like do it legit, too. I feel like it'd be easy to, to fake this, but uh, it's too, the integrity of this is much too important for me to do that. So They will be legitimate pumps. All right. I, I'm I'm nervous about that because Antonio Brown had a big game, but he didn't score a touchdown. So, yeah, his, I'm feeling his pretty pumping good. Opportunity would be pretty low, I would think. Well, a lot of catches he, he could have pumped on. He had like 182 yards, so plenty of of catch pumping. But is right. he the kind of guy who? I mean, I think you know we talked about this before. You were thinking he was just going to be psyched to get out there and start pumping, and you know he's going to be pumping on first downs, pumping on. Yeah, uh, just every reception. I, so that was 11 the receptions. Uh, that's eleven pump opportunities. That's true. That was the thesis, uh, if you will, of why I'd, I took that bet. Um, I kind of feel like if he had pumped a lot, we would have <laughs> already seen it on Twitter and such. That, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we can't say for sure that he didn't. So I'm gonna have to do some research into that. Uh, I'm gonna fight this to the end because I'm not sitting next to Uncle Clem. If if I lose this, I might just have to like Skype into Thanksgiving, and you can put my laptop next to him. I'll allow that, but I don't know if I'll allow I, that because that's we never like said I physically the... had to sit next to him, man. <laughs> you're not sitting <laughs> next that's... to him if your computer's next to him. I'm sitting, like... and my Skype is next to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be an additional challenge in court. I'll, I'll add it as a rider to my to my seat. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll uh, we'll bring you back on, uh, see how that pump research is going uh, before Thanksgiving to see. Okay, who, uh, that's who fair. Lost I'll, I'll have I have until Thanksgiving to to deliver my uh, the results of my research. That's fair. Right, right. So ah. one more thing I wanted to cover with you here, Mike, before we let you go. Um, I mentioned that I was in Vegas uh, this past week and i watched uh, the week one nfl games out there we did a live fantasy land show um as part of the ffpc main event um and so then we uh we stuck around and we watched the games uh put some money down on the rams to cover which i feel like if oh, anything nice yeah we, we should have somehow uh <laughs> asked them to to get to <laughs> make us take on more points you know what i mean seriously um, yeah i mean yeah. you could have teased that uh well actually not even really yeah you yeah. could have done a reverse teaser i want a reverse teaser yeah that's what that's kind of yeah. what I'm um but you know just a reminder obviously with football back how fun uh betting on these games is even outside of fantasy so just wanted to remind everyone oh, yeah if you haven't signed up for my bookie uh make sure you do that that's mybookie.ag um the best part about my bookie besides the fact that you can do live in-game betting um and the fact that they actually pay out which is like obviously the number one thing you're looking for in a a site (laughs) definitely a nice feature uh one of the key features you know it's in the top five potentially the key feature yeah yeah arguably but another awesome feature is that if you make a deposit with my bookie they're gonna match that deposit with a 100 percent bonus and yeah and so if you sign up this month with our promo code roto radio uh you got to use Roto Radio as the promo code to get the 100% bonus. And if you sign up with the code this month um, and then you forward us a copy of your sign up to rotovisradio at gmail.com, you're going to be entered into a drawing for a limited edition Rotoviz athletic jacket. Um, nice. Yeah. What, what kind of jacket? We t- what do you mean athletic? Like 
what, what, what kind of material are we talking here? Yeah, so I, I actually uh, pulled these up because I at first I thought, did that mean hoodie? Uh, it doesn't mean hoodie. It's a it's a pullover. Okay. Yeah. I've done some very unathletic things wearing a hoodie, so I would assume not. It's a it's like a a pullover with like kind of a zip down, like kind of a you know ah. zip down to the to the chest area. I guess I don't know. Oh, if that's okay. What you'd call Half that. zip. Half zip. Yeah. Let's... So this is like something you'd wear golfing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a long sleeve. Nice. Uh, you know, wear wear a t shirt underneath, kind of thing. Perfect for for golfing in the fall. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to get that thing. Yeah, sign up for my bookie, promo man. code Roto Radio. Yeah, so, uh, you know, once again, that's mybookie.ag and the promo code Roto Radio. Um, and then you also got to make sure to forward us your email confirmation if you want in on that sweet Rotoviz athletic jacket uh, slash half zip pullover. Um, all right, man. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you after you get your pump research done, and we figure out who has to sit next to the climate. It's it's important, you know. I know my boss is expecting me to get a lot of things done tomorrow, but he's you know they're just gonna have to understand. I I have pump research to do, so yep. Just uh, just know, tell them you're working on a man. project. You know they'll they'll get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the truth. I would not be lying. So cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You do a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you could join one right now. And the best part? You play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. There's no salary caps, so you play in real-life snake drafts, just like you would with your friends in a season-long league. So come in, join me, draft against me on Draft Today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code RVRADIO. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code RV Radio on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play free with promo code RV Radio. Please welcome to the show George Kritikos. He's a writer for PFF Fantasy. Uh, you may also be familiar with his work from his previous work at DLF and the Fantastic Film Metrics Podcast. George, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I know uh, we got the chance to meet in person, which is always awesome. Uh, one of us decided to leave Vegas. The other one of us, that would be me, decided to stay a little longer. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was great hanging out in Vegas, and uh, I don't know how you're doing it, man. You've, <laughs> you've been there now. It's been about a week. Yeah, it's day six. It's it's rough, man. I still got a, I still got a few more to go, so it's oh, it's not gonna be easy. I got I got till Friday, so I have three more days left after this. Oh man, Vegas is not built to spend ten days there. That's uh that's rough. So hang in there, man. But uh, yeah, it was it was awesome uh, hanging out. And I should mention for anyone not following George on Twitter, uh, you can remedy that by following him at Rotohack. Um, but yeah, so. We hung out on uh, on Saturday, but we uh, you met up with Jeff Miller. And was wa- we're watching the games. I was over still at the uh, Planet Hollywood, so we didn't 
watch the games together on Sunday. How did uh, week one go for you, and uh, how did how did the action treat you? Overall, overall, I had a pretty good week. I was uh, lucky on on a few injuries, but but did take it on the chin a bit with uh, with one or two. But I'm sure we'll get into some of those uh, in a minute. But overall, I had a pretty good week one. Not. Uh, not really too worried, but it's going to be that first set of waiver runs that's going to be pretty exciting to see uh, how things kind of shake out. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, week one, we obviously we were all so excited to finally see some actual NFL football, um, and it gives us a chance to figure out what roles players are going to be in and how they're going to perform. But at the same time, it's pretty easy to overreact as well, just given that, you know, we're so pumped up for that week and it's going to stick in our minds really more than even next week's football, the week after. So uh, how how much basically are you updating your priors after week one, and what type of things are you paying the most attention to? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely do some updating. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the injuries before, obviously. Those things, it's it's a little easier to make those updates, especially if you're talking about, you know, season-long uh, you know, rankings or, or lists versus uh, when you're getting into dynasty and it's a multi-year uh, kind of view. But then I, I think I think there's something to be said for trying to react fairly quickly, just because that's the way that that this game works. Especially when you're thinking about waiver wire options, when you're thinking about start sits, uh, even even in the early part of the season. So I I, I tend to. You know, make some changes. I, I obviously injuries kind of take priority because those are a little bit easier to understand than uh, some of the timeshare changes and things like that. But but I think you have to take as much as you can into account. Uh, although I will say I'm not I'm not necessarily dropping Andy Dalton very far in my rankings. Makes sense. Well, let's get into some of the injuries. Um, we're recording this Tuesday morning. The latest with David Johnson is that he's expected to miss significant time with a dislocated wrist. It seems like. That could be eight to twelve weeks potentially. Um, how interested are you in Kerwin Williams as a pickup? And then the, I was also reading some rumblings about them maybe signing Chris Johnson, given how long he's going to be out. So, uh, does that factor in at all? Are you are you um, you know thinking that Williams could end up in a timeshare, or is he someone you're pretty interested in as a potential uh, two down starter? Yeah, I mean, I think at least he'll get a chance to kind of take over the running work, and and they seem to to really want to commit to that to an extent. I mean, obviously with David Johnson, they really did, but I think they're going to still look at the run game pretty significantly, knowing that you know Palmer's not necessarily the same Carson Palmer from a few years ago. Uh, you know, they also signed DJ Foster off the practice squad from the Patriots, and he's another really good pass catching back so they have him along with Andre Ellington and and if they do sign Chris Johnson he's another one who's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield so I mean it, it seems like Williams is likely going to be that runner unless he completely falters but then he just doesn't have the PPR upside so you know in, in standard leagues which I'm, I'm not in very many but uh, in standard leagues I'm, I'm willing to kind of take a shot a lot more heavily than I am in a PPR league knowing that his upside is a little bit capped because of that inability to maybe pick up the uh, PPR work, the the receiving work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about some of the the PPR guys that are potential pickups. Then the um, uh, Danny Woodhead was hurt this week, uh, which led to a, a, a unexpectedly large role for Buck Allen, and then Tariq Cohen also had an unexpectedly large role because he's the truth. 
Uh, how much are you buying these guys going forward? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with, with my Chicago Bear. Uh, I, I loved Cohen. He seemed to just walk into that perfect situation between, uh, you know, coming on a team that needed playmakers that really were lacking that. As much as Jordan Howard's a good running back, he's not necessarily a big play guy. Uh, but Jeremy Langford had faltered, and then they ended up cutting him in favor of Cohen. And then Cameron Meredith is, is out, and now Kevin White is out as well. So they really just need anyone they can who's who's capable of not only catching the ball but also kind of making big plays and that's that's kind of where Cohen's niche is uh so you know for example he had five snaps outside at at wide receiver and he was targeted on all five of those snaps and caught three of them so it's pretty clear that they want to get him involved in different ways and they're willing to kind of be creative something that they never really did when they had a guy like Devin Hester for example so hopefully they keep that up. I think that he's a pretty good uh, waiver wire target, but I'm guessing it's probably going to take at least half of your waiver wire budget just to get him. Uh, as far as Buck Allen, I mean, I was surprised that he got so many carries in that game uh, after Danny Woodhead went out. But, you know, very clearly they, they, they want to have a, a, a versatile option in the backfield, even if he's not a very a very good one. So I'm a little less interested in, in Buck Allen, but I think that uh, ultimately he's going to be a guy who probably gets 12 to 15 touches every game. You know, yeah. week one being a bit of an exception, I don't think he'll get 21 carries very consistently. Yeah, I'm with you on both of those. I think with Cohen, the thing that is so enticing about him too is that uh, the Bears are going to be trailing a lot. So, yeah, I think if, if he – continues to have that role and why wouldn't he given what he did on Sunday um there should be a lot of opportunity there for him well and if if you like if you like measurements you know and you're you're like one of those big hand twitter people it's kind of amazing that he has 10 and an eighth inch hands but he's only five foot six wow I didn't I didn't know that um yeah and the dude can change direction <laughs> he's his nickname's a human joystick he certainly lives up to it um all right so another big injury uh Allen Robinson, he's now officially out for the year with a torn ACL. Uh, how do you think his injury is going to impact the offense? And are you, or how interested are you in, in picking up guys like Marquise Lee and Allen Hearns? Yeah, I mean, I, I took a few shares of Marquise Lee late in drafts during the offseason. I really did like his potential in that offense, even though it seemed like the team was trying to transition more to a run first defense type of approach. Uh, but uh, he was a guy who last year looked really good at times. He, you know, Alan Hearns was injured off and on throughout the year last year. And then when he was healthy, he was mostly relegated to the slot. So, I mean, I think the big winner here is probably going to be Alan Hearns from a role standpoint, but it might be Marquise Lee is the bigger winner in terms of a target share standpoint. So, yeah, I, I mean, if, if Marquise Lee is out there in, in waivers, which I don't know how much that's the case, uh, I, I think he's he's worth a speculative ad. Same with, with Hearns. I wouldn't break the bank for either one necessarily just because I do think they're going to stay a pretty run-heavy offense as much as they can and protect themselves from the quarterback travesty they have going on there. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're good ads just in case one of the two break out, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. Yeah, and you mentioned them being run-heavy. Um, obviously, that was the case on Sunday. They were absolutely dominant over Houston, uh, winning 29-7. And Leonard Fournette was able to rack up 100 yards on 26 rushes. He also had a touchdown. Um, 
But given that they just lost Robinson and that, in my opinion, this is going to be Jacksonville's only blowout win of the season, um, I think that's it's unlikely that they get another. Uh, do you think that Fournette is actually could actually be a sell high coming off this game? I mean, I, you could definitely make the argument. I, I wouldn't fault anyone who would say that. I would probably still hold just because I don't know how many good solid running backs you're going to have who are going to get a consistent workload. And and even though uh, I, I agree with you, I think that they're not going to get very many blowout wins. I think they're going to try to slow the pace enough to where Fournette at least gets some pretty good work in and, and has at least a pretty safe floor. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably still holding on just because I think there's, there's more to be had here in terms of how he can produce for your fantasy team. I think the touchdowns will come and, and everything else. And, so yeah, I'm I'm probably not quite on the sell high train yet, but I can see how that could be the case uh, soon if if they do see their defense start to struggle. Yeah, I think Jacksonville's defense is probably legit, but they don't get to play Tom Savage and then a rookie who wasn't prepared to start in a game <laughs> uh, every week. So, um, and I just think Blake Bortles, you know, he they were able to get away with uh, just 21 attempts from Blake Bortles. Um, you know, he completed only 11 of them, uh, did throw a touchdown, no interception from Blake Bortles. Uh, in the first segment of this episode, George, we, I had, uh, my brother back on, we had done some prop bets, like I think about a month or month and a half ago. And, um, one of the prop bets was Blake Bortles interceptions versus Seth DeValve targets. So I, <laughs> I took the Blake Bortles interceptions and lost that one, but, uh, I think most weeks I'll I'll win that one. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, let me just kind of quick quick question here. Given what we saw on Sunday, some surprise performances from these two players, who's more legit for 2017, Nelson Aguilar or Shane Vereen? I'm going to say, oh, man, that's actually really tough. Uh, I think Aguilar is probably going to be a bit more legit for 2017. I, and I like I like – both guys, which is kind of depressing, but uh, with Vereen, I mean, he's not going to get that type of, of attention necessarily in the offense. I mean, having Odell Beckham out, having uh, multiple score deficit, I think that, that that's probably going to be a bit more of an anomaly, whereas I feel like Aguilar is capable of, of still having some big plays throughout the season. I don't necessarily think that he's uh, going to be, you know, the top receiver there or anything like that, but I'd I'd be more confident betting uh, Aguilar could take over the the second wide receiver spot and and actually produce pretty well versus uh, Shane Vereen being a consistently startable asset for a fantasy team. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the the key difference is that um, the Giants' offense was not operating the way they wanted it to, uh, and the team overall was not performing that well. And so I think Vereen's role. Uh, may have been, you know, somewhat a result of them just being behind and not, you know, nothing else really working. Um, he did have 10 targets, nine receptions, 51 yards. So quite a nice line. But, uh, you know, Philadelphia, on the other hand, was uh, in that game for most of the game, eventually pulled ahead at the end, won the game. So uh, what I, you know, what I'm thinking is that this was Philadelphia's offense was basically running as they planned. And Aguilar was a big part of that. 
he got eight targets, converted six for 86, and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with Aguilar. We took a shot on him late in our FFPC main event draft, got him, uh, I think, the 17th round. So kind of pleasantly surprised. I, th- I think his role is, is probably pretty legit. Yeah, and I mean, half of Vereen's targets came on that last little drive there where they kept dumping it off to him. And, and you know, hey, all those stats count towards fantasy and everything else, but I think you have to look at it as, is that a, a repeatable thing? And, and I just don't really think it is. So, you know, seeing him as a five to six target a game guy is probably more realistic for Shane Vereen than, you know, nine or ten targets like he had last week. Makes sense. All right, so um, it's it's kind of early in the week here, but for in terms of week two, um, what kind of jumps out to you looking at the the games and kind of the individual player matchups uh, just kind of early on here? Yeah, I mean, depending on what, what which ways you want to look at things, but, uh, you know, the Raiders playing the Jets, I mean, obviously there's a lot of startable Raiders in that game, so, so we should expect to see something good. I would like... I know everyone was happy about the Amari Cooper touchdown, but he also had four drops in that game. So there's so there still is some yeah. concern there. And if he keeps that up, I mean, obviously the team won't bench him, but you could see Derek Carr maybe consciously going away from him a little bit if, if that's a concern. So I hope to see him kind of, you know, that be a one-off as opposed to, to a bigger problem. But playing the Jets, I mean, they're just not a very good defense. So you hope that, that he can have a big game there. Uh, I mean... You know, some of the primetime games are pretty good. The, the Packers, Falcons, the, the Cowboys, and, and Broncos are, are that 4 or yeah four p.m. Eastern uh, game. And, and it'll be interesting to see if Des can get anything done against the Broncos uh, secondary. So there's there's some good games there. I mean, I think I'd like to see how Deshaun Kaiser does in Week 2 because he had a pretty interesting Week 1. He's got the Ravens this week at Baltimore, so that should be a tough matchup for him. Uh, the Eagles and Chiefs is another one I'm really – interested to see just because with how good the Chiefs did in week one and, and you kind of mentioned the Eagles and, and they, they looked pretty impressive overall. Uh, I think that'll be a good test for them as well. Uh, and then, you know, the Patriots Saints is another one that's going to be fun. You know, see which of the two offenses can really get going. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great matchups for the week, but I, I think even more so there's just a lot of good competitive games that should start to help validate some of the findings that, that we got out of week one uh, versus maybe, you know, starting to kind of reveal some things that maybe we think might be happening, but, but aren't. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good slate this week. So uh, you know, everyone was already excited that football's back. And I think week two is going to be one that really helps, uh, helps people get excited for, for the rest of the season. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing with Amari Cooper was so frustrating because he's finally getting, he got three red zone targets, uh, three end zone targets right in a row um, and didn't convert. And, you know, he finally was getting the targets where, you know, Amari Cooper fans uh, like myself are, had been wanting him to get, you know, instead of them going to Seth Roberts or something. So, uh, and then for him not to convert was very frustrating, but I think the Jets should provide some, some more red zone uh, action for a lot of, a lot of the players on, on the Raiders. Um, hopefully Cooper can convert one of those. Uh, in terms of the Jets, what did you think of their uh, their kind of wide receiver target distribution? Jermaine Curse actually led them in targets with nine. Uh, Robbie Anderson had eight, but just converted for four for twenty-two, and and Curse uh, had seven for fifty-nine. Obviously, the Jets are not going to be uh, our source for fantasy goodness here, but you know, I I think 
potentially their top wide receiver, the top targeted wide receiver, just given how far behind they're going to be in pretty much every game this year, um, could have some, you know, fantasy juice there. So is that going to be curse you think, or is Anderson just kind of slowly coming on? I, you know, I was a guy who bought Anderson cause he was pretty cheap for most of the off season, even after Quincy, uh, anyone was, was hurt. So for me, I'm still kind of on that train a little bit. I know Curse had a, a pretty nice game. I mean, obviously, you're, you're not really excited about anybody, like you said. I just, I'm just i worried that they're just going to keep throwing all these really short balls. And, and yeah, they're going to rack up catches and, and targets. But, I mean, when you're going 7 for 59 or you're going, uh, in the case of Richard Matthews, I think it was 5 for, for 71, and that was partially on him uh, getting some yards after the catch. It's yeah, it's going to be tough to to really buy into anyone, but I think I think Anderson's got a little bit more of a dynamic game, so he's the one that I'm kind of preferring if uh, if we're we're actually having to spend a roster spot on either of these guys. Yeah, and I should mention our Darius Stewart had five targets, just two for ten, but um, that's probably a good sign for him just getting on the field right away as a rookie. Um, so that that could be interesting there if he if he starts to come on. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's a guy who at Alabama got a lot of kind of short screens and things like that because he was such a a good playmaker. You know, he was he was great on special teams. He was a guy who could throw the ball. We saw that in the, the championship game against Clemson. Uh, so if they're smart, they'll, they'll find ways to get him on the field and hopefully, you know, find some creative ways to, to get the offense going through him at times. And then let's just close with, you mentioned the the Patriots and Saints, obviously both of them coming off rough week one outings, but the Saints are now going to be at home for that game. Um, Drew Brees obviously does much better as you know home uh, at home than he does as a road underdog like he was against the Vikings. Um, that obviously that game obviously has shootout potential. I don't think anyone that's not going to be lost in anyone. But do you think that you know for DFS purposes and you know just kind of uh, people's mindset about this game. Do you think that the negative uh, impression that both teams gave us on week one will lead people to not being kind of as heavily on that game as they otherwise might be? I mean, that's that's certainly possible, and I think there are enough uh, other matchups that are going to help that too. You know, there's like we talked about with the Raiders and Jets. You know, there's a good chance that that there's a lot of Raiders stacks because the Jets are just so bad. So, so you could get a few of those as well. So I think I think there's some possibility there. I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, how much that mindset creeps in just because the Patriots are the Patriots and they kind of get a little bit of a pass, you know, because they're such a good team uh, when they do have that one down week. Uh, so, you know, it'll it'll be tough to say. I, I'm interested to see what Tom Brady can do with, with all these uh, injuries and changes at, at his receiving options. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll I think it'll probably come in a little bit under owned compared to what what people might have expected before the season started. Yeah, it's interesting because the Patriots' defense might be at this point in the season anyway worse than the Saints' defense, which is a a weird place to be in. <laughs> but of course, it's a... no. I'm I'm with you there, man. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, the Saints' defense just made Sam Bradford look like a Hall of Famer, so uh, <laughs> maybe it's not quite that bad. But anyway. Uh, George, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, this was a ton of fun, and you know, always great talking football with you. So uh, stay stay safe and stay, you know keep keep chugging along out there in Vegas. I hope you make it all the way till Friday. But but uh, everyone, make sure to follow George on Twitter at Rotohack 
and follow his work at PFF Fantasy. Thanks again, man. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio, the flagship Rotoviz podcast. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash radio. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.